Hi, I just wanted to give a shout out. Um, this is my second podcast. The first one didn't do so well due to the fact that I forgot to use the right microphone and a cord. So um, if you listen to that one, you'll have to really listen carefully because um, my my voice probably didn't carry that well being outside. Probably got a lot of wind noise. Um, but this this podcast or this episode is, is really just going to kind of talk to you about making sure when you get a dog that you fulfill certain sides of them. And I know a lot of dogs out there now are mixed, but I'll, I'll start out with the purebreds. If you, if you end up getting a purebred dog, like a Labrador Retriever, a Golden Retriever, a German Shepherd, Poodle, anything like that, just make sure that you do your research on what makes the dog what makes the dog happy, what fulfills it, like what service was it bred to do. And if you can figure those things out, then you have access to really enjoy the time that you have with them. If you don't find those out and don't fulfill those needs in that dog, then you're looking at a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. You know, I was working with a lab recently and they put their mouth on everything. And one of the things that people have to understand is when you get a lab, Labrador Retriever or any type of bird dog, what, what you're going to experience is, is it's natural for that dog to pick things up in its mouth. Um, maybe not so much tear them up, but they will pick things up and want to constantly drag things around with them inside their mouth. And, and the reason is, is because that's what they're bred to do. So instead of trying to fight that, really trying to encourage certain things that the dog will actually need to... Um, to use its mouth for. So first you control the mouth because it's got a lot of confidence to put things in its mouth. So you control the mouth, then you start specific, specifically telling where and when and how that dog will choose to interact with that. So a lot of times, you know, one thing that I love about labs is you always see them, you know, go get your leash and they go get their leash and they bring it back. And, and when, they, when they're able to do those service things for you, you start to have this experience with the dog where the dog feels fulfilled and bonded. That's why playing fetch with a lab or a golden retriever is so, so powerful for them. Um, but like say you get a German Shepherd and you know you don't take that sheep herding role seriously and you don't become the, sh the herder, the actual sheep herder, and you allow the dog to have those moments where, um, where you allow that dog to be your protector, um, then the dog starts seeing you as the sheep in the home instead of taking direction from you on what to protect. And so a lot of times these dogs will start to develop problems with, you know, possessing of toys, guarding the house, uh, not allowing people in. They never learn to take that strong direction from the owner. So that's why it's one of those dog breeds that they'll tell you for experienced owner only because you will you will unconsciously have this dog where you're sitting there going, oh, I think it's cute that he's positions himself this way or it's cute that he, you know, is always aloof and that's normal and that's okay. Every dog is somewhat unsure of an owner unless you have a dog that's just happy-go-lucky, but like a poodle type or a German Shepherd, those guys will be kind of aloof a little bit to owners just because their jobs are to herd and protect the livestock. So they grow up with that livestock and you know that that becomes part of their family and they protect and they also move and they make sure that they are in control of them 
but they always take direction from a person. So that person is the one who's deciding that service. It is not the dog who's deciding what service they're going to do and how they're going to protect and who they're going to let in the home and all those different things. So when you get a breed like that, a strong breed, they call them powerful breeds, make sure that you are completely understanding of what you're bringing into your home and what you're actually willing to do for that dog to alleviate some of that pressure in them. So there's always some things that they that you can teach the dog to protect, you know, whether or not you have a bunny. You know, say you got a bunny in the home and you're like, oh my god, I don't want the dog to, to hurt the bunny. If you get a if you get a German Shepherd as a puppy and you and he's around that bunny, guess what? He's gonna protect that bunny. Or a lot of times you'll find a German Shepherd has a real paternal instinct and they'll protect the kids. Um, the problem again is, is that okay? Or are you allowing the dog to overprotect the kids and not even let you near them? So it's, it's one of those things where it's a fine line and you have to see the signs that are showing that the dog is not being, uh, that is taking it too far. Um, a lot of times too now I, I deal with a lot of people who have mixed breeds. I, I think I see a lot of lab and pit mixes or a lot of pit bull mixes with just German Shepherds. I mean just uh, all different kinds of mixes. And a lot of times you really don't know what the dog is mixed with. You can kind of like say, oh, I think he's a Lab and Shepherd mix or he's a Lab and the Rottweiler or Jack Russell. The truth is, is you don't know. Um, one way to find out is to obviously get a genetic test. If you're having problems um, and you're just not sure where the dog is coming from, a lot of times, depending on what they're mixed with, if it's just two breeds mixed with, you know, or it's four or five breeds in there, a lot of times you, you just have to just deal with, okay, what is a dog and and just really keep it simple. You're like, man, if I wish I could see a dog and, and know what it needs from me, and, and the reality of, of every dog, no matter if you get a purebred or you get a mutt, the, the reality is, is that the dog is there to do some specific service. Now there's different needs that the dog will need to be fulfilled in those services, but the common common mythology behind fulfilling a dog is very simple. Is doesn't matter how, how hard it is for that dog to learn or teach or anything like that. What, what you want to do is you want to just keep a couple things very basic. One is you want to make sure that they get enough exercise and it's structured. And the dog feels like it's performing that kind of service where he says, you know what, I have to keep pace of my owner. He loves it when I do that. Everything is designed around what you like as an owner and how you need the dog to perform. So making sure that you have a strong foundation of obedience in there, making sure that you get the dog enough exercise and you find out what the dog really likes. You know, the dog really likes to chew toys or he really likes to play fetch or he really likes to have tug of war time. A lot of times you'll hear people or you read on the internet that that, that tug of war is bad. No, tug of war is a great marker for good behavior. So if you see a dog that's marking behavior and you want to mark that behavior and say they're not very food driven, then you can, you can, you can mark that behavior with grabbing a, a tug toy out and always letting them win when they mark a behavior because that gives them confidence that they're doing their job that the, that the way they're supposed to do it. And it gives them confidence to want that toy that much more. So if you just play tug just to play tug and it's just the toy that they have out every now and again and you, you, you want to win at least 9 out of 10 times. Uh, and the reason is because they can become protective of that toy but if they understand that they're working for that toy then it's a completely different mindset and game because you're in control of the activity. What you're doing is marking the behavior and when they get that, when they get that toy 
or that tug toy and you play tug with them and allow them to win, it allows them the opportunity to have confidence to keep going after that toy. Imagine if you were going to get a, if you were allowed to play a video game and you knew you're never going to win, your confidence is going to break. And so, you know, the reward is, you know, you have different levels, medium, easy, and hard on a video game. You, you know, sometimes you choose the easy part and say, oh, this is too easy, I need to step it up. And the reward is, is that it challenged you. And that's the same way for a dog. See, things challenge the dog, but they like to be challenged in the fact that it's going to do some kind of service for people. And so when you bring a dog home, a lot of times we say, oh, you know, he was doing great for these two weeks, and then we, you know, all of a sudden, then the energy came out. Well, he's assessing his new environment for these two weeks, and he's learning what role he needs to play and how he, ne how he needs to do certain things to get what he wants. And so a, a dog will always sit there and choose the least passive resistance or whatever he finds he learns, and he does that consistently because he gets certain rewards from that. Whether or not he's, he, he, he's doing what you want him to do or not, at some point in time he's being rewarded for certain bad behaviors. And when you start learning how to work through those behaviors and mark proper behavior, the dog then starts to go, oh, okay, I see what I was supposed to do. I know what is, is, is expected of me at this moment. And then you can mark those behaviors that you like to see, and then you feel good and the dog feels good. But there's also some times where you're trying to mark behaviors and you're trying to be a good dog owner and you're trying to teach the dog obedience and you're taking to obedience school. The thing is, is each cue has to mean something so valuable to the dog that it means that you, that, that it's, it's happy, it's fun, it's something that's um, exciting. You know, a lot of times when when we work obedience, we get frustrated and we're like, sit, Fido, sit. You know, we're, we're saying their name and we're very serious about it. We're, we're getting into it. At the end of the day, then the dog learns not to trust um, that exercise or that activity because he's trying to perform, but then it gets very serious. And there's a time and place for seriousness, like when the dog is in danger. But at the end of the day, if you want your dog to perform more consistently, you have to make it fun for them. You have to make it that they're working towards something, that they're working towards some goal. And at the end of the day, whether or not you're working towards a goal, the dog does have a responsibility to provide you with a service. If you really want your dog to be fulfilled in its life, then creating the strongest bond and creating the best relationship possible, you need to make sure that you're teaching the dog exactly what you need from them, even if they're just a house companion. You need to teach them the rules. You need to teach them the boundaries and the discipline and the follow-through and the reward system will be there in place and they will learn to work off of you and they will be fulfilled because you will be happy. I appreciate your time today. This podcast um, was was fun. I hope um, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to email me questions, um, call in. I, I just truly enjoy this, this whole process of becoming um, a radio type person. So uh, until next time, thank you very much.